You are all weirdos. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast. This is episode 365, 24365 right there. And me and my man Jason will be going through a bunch of books. And as you will hear by the end, it's so much craziness that my chair gives out. I actually am using a broken chair that I made fun of my kids for not being able to use. I had told them that it was ridiculous that they were throwing away a chair that you could just kind of use a little shimmy, you know, Cocoa Pop type deal and make it so that it doesn't fall over and karma Ended up getting me, and I ended up falling over. But the show went on, though we were also having some technical difficulties, as I'm having problems with speaking difficulties. But we ended up having a bit of a internet lag problem at the end by there as well. I don't know what I'm saying. Please forgive me. I'm tired. It's, you know, I needed the money. I don't know. I I don't know what you can say. But hey, everybody, we're going to have a bunch of books here if you want to. Go over to Twitter and follow us. Go to WS Marvel Comics on the Twitters, and we will follow you back 100% as well. Also, go to our website, WeirdScienceMarvelComics.com, where we review a bunch of books each and every week. And then go to our Patreon, Patreon.com slash WeirdScience. All of these will be in the show notes. And if you go over to the Patreon right now, you can get such things as. The Patreon Spotlight every week on Thursday night as this comes out. We also end up having our Patreon Spotlight. Two books picked by the bad asses of the Get Fresh crew. Boop, boop. And we ended up doing Captain America, Iron Man number two, and Thor number 20. Those were the picks by the badasses. We ended up talking about that. I'm looking at it right now. It is a 52-minute episode. So you get a bunch of bang for your buck, including a lot of other shows like, say, the original 1984 Secret Wars. We ended up having a podcast on issue number six this past week as well, and a bunch of other Marvel stuff all rolled in, and DC, manga, comics, cartoons, movies, all those things. Coming up next week, we're going to be doing a movie review of Shang-Chi, getting that and all that. You'll hear me mention that I'm going to be watching it this weekend during the show, but we won't pause any longer we're going to go off and like i said by the end i will fall out of my chair you just have to kind of guess when that will be and how funny and how much you can make fun of me but we're going to go off right now to the books with me and jason going through first amazing spider-man all right now i'm here with my man jason what up jason hello jim hello we are here with a bunch of books here and we're going to start off with amazing spider-man And I have gone on the record that I didn't like the Cody Ziegler issues that we'd already got. Yeah, Cody's Cody's back. I was shocked that he was back. And he's back bringing his crazy characters with him, like Doug. The return of Doug, the return of Cody. Yes. And so you ended up saying before I read it, like, oh, my God, you know, this is actually better. He's getting better on this. And I'm like, we'll see about that. I don't know if it's it's me that's changing, (laughs) if he's growing. I think part part of it is that he's not pushing Doug as hard as he did at first. Now it's okay. Doug's kind of doing a thing. 
Dub's just a and kind, of, kind of, of a amusing. Side deal, kind of amusing. Yeah. I think what it is is the first couple issues that you ended up having Cody Ziggler, and really this is stuff that up until now we keep mentioning the whole deal of the algae rig and nothing. That, there was no setup to a lot of the things that happened. But now we get this, and there is setup. They and some of the setup is the stuff that we were confused with before. But just the the basic mechanics of the story makes sense. Yeah, and which that's is always what I nice. Think it is. Yeah, this is nice, and it is yeah, nice you know, that it, he's able not to be to, greedy. Yeah, he's able to grab onto this stuff even with you know doc 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 the big thing here where he is taking it to the streets he thinks that his tech all of his stuff has been grabbed by beyond but they're also involved with something even bigger now with that there are some wonky things i think in this when we get to it but i do like this a little better than what he had done before but this is the amazing spider-man number 84 written by cody ziggler Art by Paco Medina. I really like the art. Colors by Espen Grudenjern and letters by VC's Joe Caramagna. Peter Parker's in the hospital after being severely poisoned during a fight with the UFOs. Luckily for New York, Ben Riley has taken up the mantle of Spider-Man. Backed by the Beyond Corporation and their head of superhero development, Maxine Danger, Donger, Ben has access Danger. to all the things your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man could only dream of, a swanky apartment that he shares with his girlfriend, Janine Godby. An upgraded Spidey suit and a brilliant sport team led by Marcus Monplaisir. I don't remember Slash Cody that. Ziegler himself. Yes, Marcus Monplaisir. Yeah, I don't – have we seen the last name before? I don't I, know. I don't think so. He's always I Marcus. Would have, I would have said that like that before and I don't remember, you know, wee wee, Monplaisir. Ah, Peter is on the slow road to recovery thanks to Aunt May and Doc Ock who teamed up to find a treatment for his condition. While gathering data on the UFOs, Doc Ock dug through Beyond's dirty laundry and discovered that much of Beyond Spider-Man Project's foundation was Otto's work during his time as a superior Spider-Man. Not surprisingly, Doc Ock is not pleased slash he's pissed off is what he is. And he is pissed off. And with that, there's fun. I mean, I think that Cody Ziegler, you go through his resume or as I like to say, resume, as if we're going to go with all these French terms. Mon plaisir. <laughs> Mon plaisir. You end up where he's, you know, he's a funny guy. He he writes the funny stuff. And so, he so they tell me, end yeah. up doing this here. And it, it he's lucky in my mind. And again, I don't know why he would care. But he's lucky for me because this is a Spider-Man book and you're used to having some bit of humor and in i'm kind of conflicted i need more info i need more ben and we're not really getting a ton especially coming back to him here and you're here for jokes but the jokes kind of are okay because they fit and all that so we're getting so many issues of this right we're getting every week there's either one of the main issues one of the dot bay issues and so i i think the idea is that they have a couple months worth of ben's story but they have all these other issues where they can't move his story forward because it needs to link up with some of the changes coming in March. Yeah, and so when that, and we still have some time, March, right? But with that, as of now, I don't, now I'm not saying that I need to have a deep dive because you even have some little psychological stuff with Ben, but the idea, I don't think that you need to really explore Ben that much, really because he's kind of Peter's, he has the memories, so I'm not saying that I need that. I just need more of Ben not sleepwalking through all of these situations. And he seems to do it again here, where I saw some reviews were saying, like, 
Why isn't Ben acting more like, hey, you know, he ends up getting yelled at. I know that there are things if he ends up messing up that some people will be hurt or whatnot. But some of the times like this issue, I do like it, but it just seems like it's just been like, all right, what do I have to do next? Okay, I'll do that. And he's kind of not the focus in the book. Right. It, it, it certainly seems like it's an arc issue. And they, they told Cody Ziegler, yeah, put in put in Ben's scene. Just kind of remind everybody Ben exists. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I kind of – I need more of Ben in the way of it doesn't just feel like he's there because it's Spider-Man and he needs to kind of show up. Because he, even when he does show up, he kind of gets kind of swatted away very quickly. But you do end up having that beginning where Doug is telling his office mates. Now, I, again, I don't know. Would you like to work for the Beyond Corporation? You actually get written up if you're kidnapped. He, he ends up saying that he's like he's in trouble because he got kidnapped. I mean, that's well, kind of that's what Doug says. Well, Doug actually yells to Ock. Like, oh my god, I'm gonna get written up again. I, I just well, it's we, weird. We, we know that that Doug did steal some of their experimental pharmaceuticals and kind of passed them out like they were pez. Now, with that, that it's funny because it's going with the idea that they didn't like, it, but they ended up. He ended up saving their asset by giving them their tech. It's weird, and they were hangover pills that i swear this is like back in the you know we'll go the 70s baseball me and you're big baseball fans where mm-hmm. i've heard like even pete rose said you you would go into the locker the room greenies? yeah and you'd have just a bucket of greenies and really the idea was if you didn't take those you weren't trying hard enough and, and you would right. get you would get hit if, if word got out around the league that you weren't taking uppers. You had a bowl of chips, maybe a fruit platter, and then the amphetamines. And I guess what I think Pete Rose ended up saying, too, at one point, and a lot of the stuff I hear about is from Pete Rose, who's trying to say, listen, cheating has always been, you'd have two coffee pots. You know, there's no decaf, there's a regular, and then there's <laughs> uppers, <laughs> right. the one that's just liquid <laughs> nitro. And, yeah, if word got around the league that you weren't, Taking that stuff, you you were going to get hit in the face with a bet. The pitchers would find like because you weren't trying hard enough, or you're kind of like the guy who's not sampling the stuff when you're you're you know trying to mm-hmm. be an undercover deal. Mm-hmm. So with that, I think that he was just given those pills because they were heading out and they wanted to try it out. I don't know, but he was. He says that they got upset, but he saved their main asset. But still, with that, this is the kind of the wonkiness. That I thought, but I do like Doug's like, he called me a turtle. He was all whacked out and I gave him the pills. Man, it was awesome. Yeah, right. You're friends with Spider-Man. It is nice where you have, when, when you do have Ben show up, he does recognize him and says, Hey, there's turtle guy. Yeah, that was, that was fun. I like that. And I, I do like the idea. (laughs) These Beyond Corporation guys are not that swift either. I guess maybe they're not people person, but they end up where, this is a facility that we said yeah, before. They're middle management. Doc Ock was able to tap into the mainframe of Beyond from a access panel roof, on a roof, right? right? Now he just shows up and says, yeah, I'm uh, you know, somebody's son, his father. <laughs> I, I can imagine he's grumbling about it, like mumbling. Well, I mean, I, I guess he was pretending to be uh, kind of old and decrepit, but it would have been nice to see that in one panel, you know? The first time we see him, he, he looks almost like Kingpin. Yeah. He looks like yeah, he, he looks like a supervillain. I like that. But speaking of Pete Rose, he's got his hair cut. <laughs> I, I end up with with that as well. That I like in a side deal. If you want to connect things, 
he is doing what Aunt May and him did originally when they were trying to break in as well, pretending, oh yeah, my my son's here, you know. But that was the prison deal. He's going he, with he the same from thing. May. Yeah, he's just like, oh yeah. And this guy's bringing him in. He's got the coffee. I love when Doc Ock exposes himself again. It's very goofy and fun. Oh my goodness, are you okay, Jason? Did you fall? Uh, off yeah, your I, I chair? think I'm mad. Sorry about that. <laughs> I thought maybe Doc Ock's appearance <laughs> ended up knocking you over. <laughs> I, I need chair. some of those special pills. I exactly. think. Exactly. I think so. But you end up where Doc Ock reveals himself in this huge, like, grand way to these three guys. Really, they're just low-level tech. Oh my God, I'm Doc Ock, and I came here to get what's mine. And so ends up knocking coffee around. Actually, seems like he might catch one then because he didn't have one before, but now he has one. And maybe Lavery grabbed it out of the guy's hand. But you end up having a cool entrance. Doc Ock is there at the Beyond Corporation. He's going to get what is his, and he's going to try to find the secrets and stuff that he kind of saw before. Now, it's cool. It, it, you know, Doc Ock, it's Doc Ock, and it's, it, it makes you smile. At the it one fits point. with his character. He doesn't want people ripping off his stuff, even if he was actually technically Peter Parker at the time. Yeah, I, I thought that it was pretty funny. And then you go, and then you get, again, you almost are like, hey, everybody, we forgot all about this idea. We've mentioned it a couple times, but we're not really dealing much with it, of this whole idea of, you know, Ben going and having some therapy and doing this. Again, mm-hmm. they would mention And we're it. kind of taking some of the same sort of symbolism as out of the uh, the Peter Parker issue where he was struggling with his spidey sense. Yep. I actually thought that it was weird that it was going back to that. Uh, and this would have been Peter still dealing with it on the, you know, the bed in the hospital, whatever. But it isn't. It's the idea of letting Uncle Ben down. And yeah, the idea that the memories are his as well. He's crying and he ends up where it's like, that was good. I got that off my chest. He ends up picking the doctor up. She's like, that's not appropriate, but put me down, but it's fine. And then he goes off and we've had this before where Janine wants to do stuff. We said last issue, she feels like she's trapped. Right, a little stuck in a cage. And they're going to go out. You know that it's going to get interrupted at some point. I mean, that's the classic Spidey story. So that's what happens. They're in the car. Marcus calls, and you're really continuing to push. Now, again, you get his first name and the deal. You're really pushing Marcus as being this guy who really does have Ben's back and wants to do good by him and, and tries to get things you know, nice for kind him. of run interference between Maxine and Dean and he uh, beyond can't do it this him. time. Maxine is full out involved because this is bad stuff. You have Doc Ock and you get that where I still think that the big thing, Janine going back to jail, one thing, but I think that Marcus uh, is going to be used to get Ben and, and maybe what you're setting up is, and I don't know, but maybe when you have Ben go off to his own book, you might need some, maybe Marcus goes with them. Maybe Marcus is able to break hmm, free and be. beyond as well because they're really setting up this as a friendship more now. Each each issue, I see this bond more and more, especially with against Maxine. And the big thing about this is is that Doc Ock, yeah, he's going for his tech, but they're also there where it seems like he's knowing that there's secrets, there's things that they can grab that would be really bad for beyond, possibly for Maxine herself as well. And that's why Ben has to go right now. This is something he has to, again, it's Doc Ock, and he's broken into beyond. So it's going to be that. He's after this kind of stereotypical comic booky. here's this doohickey that has all the secrets in it. We can't let those secrets Looks get like out. Looks like an iPhone, doesn't it? Like some sort of phone. Like, just an, like an old there. MP3 player. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just sitting there, which is, you know, crazy. But 
why why would you have that like it is comic booky this is the problem if i complain about stuff this is kind of the fun almost evil lair comic booky deal right but why would they have it all just in this thing <laughs> like right there on a pedestal right it, it's so right. odd it's got security around it but it's so obvious that this is the thing you should be stealing yes exactly and and the security might as well have sharks with lasers i mean it is the typical evil lair deal which i think is fun so i'm not going to get too upset about the idea that Mm-hmm. Doc Ock activates it but, from the pedestal. But again, it's he, he can turn it off and on by pushing pushing a button, right? It's not exactly security here. No, no passwords needed. Say me and you set this up, and the, is this set up to legitimately be so that it kills anybody who sets it up? Because if we end up like, why doesn't it attack Doc Ock? You think that he's able to finagle it from within his tech stuff, but if I was gonna make up, you know, the no prizes, as they say, I would say, that, well, Doc Ock's been in all these systems, right? He's yeah, hacked yeah. into the things. Maybe he's changed things. He's 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 taught the system to not go I after him. I just think that if we set this up, we put the you know the iPod, the MP3 player down. And, hey, activate the system. We activate it. I'm dead because it just starts firing then. Like, it's a weird, wouldn't it be remote? But that's just me. Again, this was a nitpick that I kind of laughed at. Put it on the clapper, you know, clap it on, clap it off. It does. And it does look like he's, you know, when it does happen, because Peter does have to go and says to Maxine, is this like a priority or is this seems like I'm just trying to keep secrets for you? Or, you know, this is more of a, you know, beyond is evil, secrets, whatnot. Why is this such a priority like this? Now, be all, end all, they should just say, it's Doc Ock. That, that, get there. That's your thing. And he goes and he starts fighting Ock. And while Ock's doing that, he's going to steal the stuff. And he is kind of beating up Ben. That's we get a nice entrance is. there where he just swoops in and kicks him in the face. Yeah, I'd like that too. Hey, watch out, Doc Ock. I'm going to kick you in the face. Boom, kicks him. Now, with that, I do get a giggle because at the point, and we talked about it in our spotlight, where you ended up having the tentacles go limp, that happened in the Iron Man Captain America deal. There we go again. Uh, Yeah, and that was with uh, Veronica, not, uh, you know, Doc Ock. She had grabbed the tech. But they end up going limp. And, you you know, that leads to, you know, kind of wink-wink jokes. You know, hey, you might need a pill for that. He's like, hey, it happens yeah. to everybody. It's kind, kind of the deal. Kind of the obvious joke. Yeah, it is. And he's like, what trickery is this? But that leads to my favorite part of this issue is when Doc Ock takes his suit off. When he's, and then he's just, I'm like, look at you. <laughs> he, he, he does look like he goes from looking like Kingpin to I don't know what because he's there with kind of like an armor shell. But. He's kind yeah, of I strong, guess I never though, thought right? that makes sense. You wouldn't want to just drag these limp arms behind you or be getting the way. I say just take them off. They're not working. Take them off. This is casual Sunday, you know, <laughs> Ock, and I liked it. I like the idea, too, where Ock is he's superior, right? He tells everybody. He thinks he is. The idea that the tentacles go limp, he takes those off and still doesn't even budge in any sort of way away from what he's there for. And Ben just stands there. Yeah, that's what I didn't quite get. I guess maybe Ben thought, oh, it's all over. His his, yeah. I, his Doc Ock's only about the arms. I've defeated those. It's all done. He has to walk a while here. You know, should do what, what Cap did and just, you know, clock Punch him in the him. face and say, he okay, should. yeah, knock him out. Here's the thing. You end up where I wish they were right next to the pedestal. At that, They're not. He has to walk across the like room. Like 15 feet, yeah. yeah. And grab this thing off while Ben's just like, well, what are you doing? 
Then he activates a switch on the pedestal. I thought that he should have probably activated something on this device, maybe, but it's on this pedestal. Boom. Looks like the front of R2-D2. You end up where then, or even Darth Vader, but he ends up hitting the switch. And now Spidey is getting attacked. Yeah, it's it's shooting him with the rubber bullets. It looks almost like like the styrofoam snooties that you get in your your packages. Some sort of sonic Spidey attack, like his venom finally goes off. You know, it doesn't go off as Doc Ock is walking towards the device. It ends up going, <laughs> and it ends up hitting him with Little a bunch late. of things. And yeah, he is taken down. He is there in a mess. You end up Doc Ock then seems to turn off the deal and say, okay. And maybe it's that it fires off anybody who's not on the pedestal. I don't know. He turns off again and then goes, or he just doesn't want Spidey to die. And he's like, I got my stuff. I'm going to get going. Thanks a lot. You know, sayonara sucker. Uh, This is a prelude. Hope, uh, you know, tell your masters. You better not mess with me, whatnot. He goes off. And then Ben goes back to... HQ. This is what confused me. So so Ben just passes out here, right? And then he wakes up again and he's in a med bay. What building are they in? Are they in the same kind of satellite building where he got attacked or are they back in Maybe the main they headquarters him. building? He, they say that he's been out for a little bit. I mean, probably enough to get him back. I think that they might be in headquarters, but it may be. I mean, maybe Marcus flew over there. The next scene says beyond headquarters across town. So I guess we're, I guess Marcus came over to the satellite office. Yeah, it's weird because I said before, like, what is the headquarters? What is the deal and whatever? You, you assume that where Ben lives and that's head, but maybe that's not even headquarters. Maybe that's why we keep seeing Maxine a lot of times being these hologram images. No, I, I'm pretty sure that they live at headquarters. Yeah, it's weird but- uh, because, yeah, they're there and wherever they're fixing them up, they fixed them up. Maybe they're doing it on site. There are a lot of these satellite areas. And, uh, yeah, they end up where you have that connection again with Marcus. Marcus is trying to, you know, be nice about it and whatnot. But Maxine basically says, you're becoming a liability. You're not that good. You know, we thought you were the best, but the regular Spider-Man would have taken out Doc Doc. He did that routinely for years, and now you can't even do it this one time. And you have all this tech and all this stuff going on. So there's trouble. And yeah, you end up where Ben's like, nice of you to check in, Maxine. Like, ouch. And the whole roasting and stuff like that, he ends up bringing it up. But it's a nice little deal again where even putting Marcus in his place again, because she's getting more and more annoyed with him as well. So the whole deal of them not really doing the job. But we do end up beyond headquarters across town. And that's where a, a visitor has come to talk to Miss Danger, uh, and it is Doc Ock. So he ends up, you know, there to see her. So we'll see yeah, how that goes. He's, he's used various tactics, right? First, he was just kind of surreptitiously breaking into places and hacking into their systems. And then he shows up and physically steals a device. And now he just shows up as Doc Ock and says, okay. I want to see Maxine. And I guess here it's like, I have the info, I have it all, I can blackmail, whatever it would be, like, yeah, I can come full out and just say, I'm I'm going to see you. Because even that where you have, oh, I don't see an appointment. He's like, that's no problem, my dear boy. This visit is something of a surprise. And then I've seen the tentacles there, uh, which is cool enough. I mean, he's there too. And the, the funny thing is, I think the play is going to be, Doc Ock is going to go up and say, this is my tech. I want it. You paid me. And she's like, oh, I thought you were upset about all that other bad stuff. Eh, I don't care about that. 
I'm just here for my stuff. So. He can't really say that because all the stuff was invented when he was Peter Parker. Oh, I know. The thing, though, is he seems to think that there's some of the things that maybe he ends up having uh, of his own, but we'll see what it goes down with. I, I don't know what they're playing I guess with so. because he seems to know that it's his stuff, and he seems to want to get back, and maybe that's how the whole thing, like, Ended up going wrap around. He seems to think it's his. So we'll have to see how they play that out and whatnot. Especially, I don't know, is it playing off the idea that they have the cease and desist order on Miles because of that? And now Doc Ock is going to do the same thing. I don't know. Maybe. And again, even what, what, even if he goes like this, text mine, this, what are they going to do? They're going to end up, it's kind of silly anyway. So we'll see what it is. We'll see what the deal might be. Uh, but that's what he seems to be pushing, saying it's his stuff. But what would you give this? I'm at a 7.3, which is the best Cody Ziegler score I have given so far. Yeah, I think I'm at a 7. And it's okay. You get some jokes and things like that. You get Doc Ock going up against Maxine. But really, the issue, it, it, it had a bunch of padding in it and things like that. And just the yeah, idea true. where they throw that, hey, we're going to do some inner therapy yeah the, the therapy scene was weird yeah and it's nothing really anyway that we wouldn't know or, or do so that kind of got me as a way of like hey here you go you want to see the you know more of ben well and it just it did seem weird so with that i like the art though so we'll go with that but we'll go to the next issue on the docket and that is black widow black widow number 13 black widow yeah which is Again, I always say it because this book always seems to have some little bit of delays. It seems like we should be at issue 20 by now. We're at issue 13. Um, but it is an Eisner Award-winning series. So there you go for best new series. But it is, again, number 13, written by Kelly Thompson, art by Raphael T. Pimentel, who I do not know anything about, just kind of comes in here. And we've had this where Elena Casagrande takes a break for a month and then you have somebody fill in and usually mm-hmm. those stories don't really end up being that hard hitting. You end up having Kelly Thompson wanting to see Right. I was stuff. kind of disappointed not to see the the usual Casa Grande art here, but it does make sense in the story because the whole issue is a complete flashback. It is a flashback. So and- it makes sense that we're in a different place, different time. We get a very, you know, old fashioned nineteen seventies, eighties kind of look to the art. Which I think works really well. I think the uh, art think here so is too. I like the it. highlight of the book. It looks the colors especially are and amazing. the colors are by Jordi Belair, letters by VCs Corey Petit, and here we end up. Holy moly! This this flag. Natasha Romanoff, aka the Black Widow, recently gave up beautiful husband and perfect baby boy, or actually genetic son, in order to protect them both. With the Winter Soldier's help, she sent James and Stevie far away, where not even she could find them again, which she kind of did, but then didn't. And I said all along, while that keeps popping up, it means that we will see that you don't keep bringing that up unless it's going to be a big deal. It's going to come around at some point. It is going to. In the aftermath, Natasha decided to make San Francisco her home, protect the city from a high society threat with her partner, Yelena Belova. The White Widow. Their team soon expanded to include Anya Corazon and a young girl named Lucy Nguyen, whose electric powers just recently developed. Acting on questionable intel from the twin superpowered socialite siblings, hey, Natasha and her a team crashed the car. Huh? My gosh. A seemingly the seeming charity event from the for the ultra rich, but the operation went awry. And Nat found herself face to face with an old foe from her days in Marjapur, and that is what we get. 
pretty much a giant. And, and by the way, Hawkeye is still lying in a pool of blood behind yeah, him. Yeah, exactly. So that's the cool Continuing deal. to bleed out. Luckily, flashbacks don't end up being, you know, the thing that you can bleed out during. You'll just go back. But what this does is give you that connection so that we know because at the end of that issue with Hawkeye ending up blowing, you know, bleeding out, you end up, oh, no, the living blade. Da, da, da. And now we get to see what the living blade is and who and what. And it is just a fight scene with an ambiguous yeah, 20-page fight scene. I mean, it really is. And the funny thing about this as it goes, and I, I don't even think we really have to go that much through the panel-by-panel panel deal because it yeah. is just – it's just a there's fight a scene. There's a stab, there's a kick, there's a punch. Right, gotcha. Either a younger Black Widow who, but not that young, it shows the living yeah, blade is pretty ask kick you, what, butt, right? What era do you think this is happening? Is she with the Avengers here? I think that She's this not might with the be Red before, anymore. because of the, the outfit. I think that she is out and about doing her things and ends up in Marjorie here. And I think it is to show you that she's kind of still... Getting her footing, but I think it's more the living blade is here really kicking her butt. And that's big. I mean, somebody who can really do this, I think you set up, man, this is a real threat, but also then sets up that now the ogre and wiser Blackwood will be able to take care of him if, if she has to. I mean, the idea that you have Clint Barton, you know, dying at the moment, that, that's tough because at the end of this, you do end up getting that ambiguous ending of, Oh my God! Was was the living late? Was he here to do something bad or good? Because as we go, right. she is. We have no idea. Right? We don't know what her mission is. She says something about standard recon, which could be anything. And all we know is that they we don't we don't see how this fight even started. We join in the middle of the fight, so we don't see where they ran into each other, who attacked whom, what was going on. We just okay, here we are, and their swords. Yep, and Natasha is taking some major damage. She's bleeding all over the place. And so she, you know, and you have some pretty neat fight deals and whatnot, but there's the funny thing that I just want to bring up because I do, I did when we had an amazing Spider-Man. Again, Kelly Thompson with not Elena Casagrande as an artist ends up having another one of those full page spreads where you get the continuous action, multiple, you know, characters doing their thing. This must not be just an Elena Casagrande thing that I keep, I thought at the beginning, because you have it all the time. Kelly Thompson takes it to every book she does or with new artists. Now, with this, you get the idea. Let's keep it in the, you know, the concept we have it right. here. Keep, keep sort of a, some kind of continuity. Exactly. In and it, it, it does look good. And this is inside a men's room, which is, you know, a nice place for a fight. Exactly. And you have where you get that, you know, motion. You get to see how things happen, including... You know, the sword being dropped by, you know, this living blade. And she was thinking of picking it up and then didn't said, Oh, he'll yeah, come she's kind of at this point. Then. She's decided that, uh, she just, she just wants to get away at this point. She's kind of given up on defeating him. She just needs to bugger off. And she doesn't want him to have any reason to come after her again. So she says, If I pick up that sword, that gives him the reason he'll never, you know, stop. Chasing me, I don't need and that. And then she, she goes through it. the the biggest heating vent I have ever seen. The biggest heating vent above a guy who's got he, you know, to go <laughs> the timing wise, he's got his like Walkman, like a CD right. player there, kind of running on the toilet. I mean, I guess you do want some good ventilation there I in mean, the men's seriously, room. Seriously, so. though, that is a huge vent. 
<laughs> what? And he's, you can see the musical notes. He's still listening to his music, oh, yeah. even though this giant fight has been going on with fire extinguishers clanging off people's heads and swords flying around. Would it be disrespectful? He hasn't pulled up his pants or anything. <laughs> Would it be disrespectful if this was a movie? And that was the Stan Lee cameo, almost like in the library, <laughs> where all of a sudden they oh, open no. up the thing and Stan Lee's taking a dump. I think that's disrespectful. That's I think that is disrespectful. That's why. I don't know. Edit that uh, out. But yeah, you end up where Black Widow goes up into the vent and then comes down. And basically, like, it's it's pretty much out of nowhere. Because, but it is for her as well, because she doesn't really know. Yeah, it's it, it's just a page turn. It's whoop up and whoop back down like you're Super Mario or something coming out of a pipe. And we got, like, human trafficking. We got some bad things with rich guys. Yeah, and they recognize her. So she, is, she has been beat to hell. She is covered in her own blood. And even so, they see her and these, you know, big tough guys say, oh, uh, sorry. And they just, they run off. Yeah, and she, they say, oh, we don't want trouble. And she says, well, then get you and your pencil mustache out of here. And they run. She goes up to these girls and says, okay, you can go. They don't have anywhere to go. And they, they even yeah, say, they don't have again, any clothes on. it's very quick. And it's not one of those things of, oh, here we go with this social day. It's just, it's a fact. She says, go. It's put on like a, they need something quick to show that these guys are scumbags. And there's That's really no quicker way than there's a bunch of ladies who look scared in their underwear behind them. And you want to set up then that that's what the living blade might have been there to do. Because he comes down through that same vent, looks, looks like the job's done, and says, okay, Widow, we're done for now. I'm going to get going. And she Yeah, this says, is where we start to get some kind of characterization for the Living Blade, where he sees her, her, the Black Widow, protecting the girls. He gets kind of a look on his face, and that's when he says, until next time. So he doesn't say, he doesn't say, oh, I was here to protect them, so I guess we don't have to fight. I guess we're on the same side. He just says, smell you later. Yeah, but you're left to leaves. wonder, was that the guy's mission? Was he here because bad things were being done with these girls and he was here to kill the people? We don't know, but she kind of wonders if that's the thing, too, because when she ends up saying, y you're not going to get to these girls, I'm going to fight you to the death if I have to. And he goes, OK, well, yeah, next time and walks away. And so it was OK. I mean, it, it's one of those things where. I don't know that we really got anything beyond the idea that she fought him and he's pretty tough. And she ended up really getting some This damage. story could have been told in a two to four page flashback as part of a bigger story. Yeah, again, I think now, it's- for, for me, this this issue is all about the art. It is the art. And it, it looks terrific. I think the every, every kind of location they fight in has a different color palette, a kind of a, a limited 80s kind of color, pa color palette. You zoom in, you see, I think it's called the, the Bende Dot style of doing the colors. Points, and that's cool too. Which it does look like you picked up a, you know, you just went to a 25 cent bin or something and picked up an old comic and, and got the story. Yeah, that's, that's the play. And again, it seems to be something where it's probably because, you know, you want Elena Casagrande to be able to do her deal and catch up or whatnot and not get more delays. The book has been delayed it does say a lot. That the next, the, the, the preview on the next page does say that it's a Casa Grande listed as the artist coming so up. So occasionally we will get these little one shot deals where it does seem to be a little catch up. And I think that may be what it was. Maybe a little mustard too, but you end up where it, it does say that this is part two of four. So we do have a particular ending coming up for this arc. Yeah. In the and plan. Again, I always make the joke. I said it again at the beginning. This book has had so many delays, and it might have been the idea of 
listen, Elena Casagrande, the art takes a little bit, so we're willing to get a fill-in artist, you know, every so often so that you can keep up. It helps if they build it in so it makes sense rather than just goes away. The book isn't really selling gangbusters, but it is getting an Eisner. Critical I think, darling. Ends up, yeah, and it, the Eisner ends up, okay, let's go. And, and again, I think that what you're saying is 100% on. If you're going to have this fill-in issue that not much happens, you might as well have some kick-butt art so that there is something to go with, and that's what you get here. But again, we leave. Remember, Clint is bleeding out, the living blade, all that stuff going on where we see that pretty formidable. Right, where we we saw there was some weird – there was rich people at a party, and then there was like an auction going on with endangered animals and – bunch of dudes and, and animal masks and if you want to connect a lot where, of stuff to go back to if you get the idea that the illuminating blade is there because of these rich guys with the lady that seems to be his mo he might be there just to stop this big endangered animal auction and nonsense going on because it kind of does seem a little bit of the same kind of motif deal but we'll see we'll see what happens then uh what would you give this the story is not much but the art is so good i i'm at a seven and a half yeah i think again i think i'm at a seven and it's one of those if you aren't if you don't have it on your pull list but you're interested in there's no real reason except for the art to grab it anyway but you know wait for the marvel unlimited if you have that or whatnot uh because unless you you love to collect issues that have cool art then that would be one thing but it's more the art than the story you could go yeah, absolutely if if you want to see if you want to see a really nifty different looking comic book it doesn't look like anything else marvel's putting out right yeah, now yeah yeah so that's pretty cool but yeah we'll move on to the next book and the next book is shang chi number seven number seven family of origin part one so we get a part one here yeah new new arc it's continuing on where we left off but kind of taking a little bit of a turn exactly and and this is going to give you a you know backstory of shang chi's mom which really in my mind just sets up the cliffhanger at the end with Shang-Chi's grandfather. Spoiler alert there with that. I think I have now, was that who you had, I think that's who you had guessed it was all along, right? Because we've been seeing this guy at the end of every issue coming up. And so that's what you get. So we're, we're getting that now. With that, I'll give you the credits and the little recap. But this is another one that will probably be pretty quick because you get this background of, of his mom, which is nice enough. I mean, she's there. It's his mom. And you get the, you know, the origin of the romance. Of his mom and dad, but it really ends up feeling like it's just the setup so that it makes sense for the grandfather to come back and, and attack. But it says, and it's Gene Luan Yang writing, DK Ruan on art, Triona Farrell colors, VCs Travis Lanham on letters. Previously, for hundreds of years, the Five Weapons Society has operated in the shadows, working toward world domination. They have intimidated, stolen, and killed in order to achieve their goals. Now Shang-Chi has taken control of his father's cult-like organization, but changing the society and his family's evil ways hasn't been easy. Shang-Chi apprehended brother Saber and handed him to the Avengers. His other siblings now don't know where Shang-Chi's loyalty lies. But Shang-Chi's problems are not just familial as his past enemies are now conspiring against him with the help of an inside source. But his mother has secrets too, and she's finally ready to tell Shang-Chi the truth about her disappearance. Now, thank God, you get away from the bug stuff from the negative some because I, I couldn't take it anymore. And at least now it's just a mom there eating burritos. I, I don't need the, the bugs all around. Yeah, they yeah. mentioned she says, I'm kind of getting past that. I'm like, yeah, if you're going to stick around, I hope so. 
Before that, we do get a little scene outside where we see all the enemies of that, that Shang-Chi just been pissing people off left and right, right? He's trying to steer this middle course where he's taking over the evil organization, but trying to keep it going, but not so evil anymore. So we see like Red Dot and his crew who he broke his eye and we see King Wildman and we see Lady Iron Fan and all, so all these various people that he's, he's pissed off. And the inside scoop that they end up is Zilan who ended up she revealed herself before we we already know that we his that, one yeah. sister is the inside deal that she's pissed off at him as well like you said everybody seems to be pissed off with him but his mom's there she's shaking a little bit of the bug stuff off I, she says the emptiness of being away from the negative zone mantis creatures has dulled i'm like thank god because we didn't need that in her weird talk. So she has this and says, basically, as they're eating burritos, which, as Shang-Chi points out, are just big egg rolls. I agree. Ends up saying, hey, with this. And I, I was thinking about this, now, too. Wouldn't would the chimichanga be a big egg roll because it's fried? Maybe it's a big spring roll? Yeah, he's just yeah, going with the know. deal. He's trying to. I, I think that the mom would be like, whatever, it's a burrito. But, yeah, I, I was thinking about the idea of when you eat, and I eat egg rolls, you know, a bunch, and I do like to have. A little sweet and sour sauce, a little, you know, thing that you dip. But I'd never think of dipping a burrito in that. And I know there's different ingredients and stuff like that, but I don't think I'd dip an egg roll in salsa either. It's a weird kind of weird deal of what you're used to eating. But you end up, and I'm seriously, legitimately, I, I had egg rolls this morning for breakfast. I just want to point that out. I read this, and I realized that we had <laughs> egg rolls, and I heated them up in the air fryer. Off I went. And I didn't have any sort of, you know, Sauce for it though, and it kind of upset me. But yeah, and I should have, oh. I should have tried salsa. That story had a sad ending. Yeah, I, I should have got salsa, but I didn't have it. I really, that's part of my love of the egg roll is the you know having some sauce to dip in. But I did have egg rolls. But you end up where, hey, let me tell you about when I met your dad. All these origin things to go back to the. I, it, it's Wonder Woman. It, it's full out Wonder Woman. And Steve Trevor. It's Wonder Woman, and it's a kind of a retelling of the story from the movie, but with some twists and turns to make it link up with the comic con- continuity. So, in the, the the short version in the Spoilers. movie is that uh, <laughs> I, I'm <laughs> what, what watching the from? movie this weekend, but it's fine. It's been out so long. The short version is that the uh, the dad's in charge of this you know evil society, and exactly. he goes to he heard about this magic land, and he goes to find it. And the mom is like the guardian of the land, and they fight, and then they fall in love, and that's when the rest of the movie happens. So here, it's it's not quite that same thing. Here, she does live in this – she's a guardian of this portal to this magic land, Talo, and we see some little cute little flying fuzzy butts like we saw in the movie. And that's a little Easter egg, I guess. And we see some of the same creatures we saw in the movie. And so she is part of this group, the Chilin Riders who their their job is to guard this this gateway and be really good at archery. Yeah, really good at archery. And it's funny, the, the way that this plays out is so much more like the Steve Trevor deal because, again, instead of, you know, Steve kind of trying to take down the Nazis and going, and that, that whole thing has changed over the years and things like that, but what that's kind of the deal going through, you end up having pirates trying to take down, you know, Zeng Zhu, but with that, he ends up on the island. He shouldn't be there. Oh, my God, what's going on? And you just end up with that idea of we're going to kill this guy and makes it so that his mom ends up having to do that. 
but she's in love. She's in sweet love with him right, when he so opens at his At the eyes. beginning here, it, it, it plays like uh, he's, you know, Steve Trevor, he's kind of this innocent guy who needs help. Yeah. And at the end, we find out he's he's not all that innocent, actually. So it, we, I get the idea there's something more nefarious going on in the beginning here with him and the pirates. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's a bad guy. Plus, when you end up having like, oh, no, no. I'm on the up and up. Let's go off to my thing. You know, the deadly hit. You're like, okay, the deadly fit. That doesn't sound nice, but she realizes eventually. <laughs> it's, not, it's not the fuzzy bunny yeah, society. It's like no. the house of the deadly fit. It's like, what's going on here? Oh, that's just the name. We, we like to play board games and stuff like that. We're not real bad. We're not real bad, right? No, no, you are. You're pretty bad. But he ends up, he, he's in love with her too. And they end up, but while this is going on, you go back. To, you know, the telling, the mom's telling You see over her shoulder Does Shang-Chi not see And at, at one point I was getting angry I'm like, does he not see the group of ninjas Right behind in the rafters I told he myself does. maybe, well There's supposed to be security there So he thinks that maybe they're just the regular security That's supposed he to be He seems to, to notice this as he's listening with the Because again, he ends up with some salsa But the whole idea of Hey, I came back with your dad we ended up, yeah, he was in bad things, but I think that he changed. I think he did change. I think he really loved you and your sister, and he seemed to be a different guy. So at least you got Which, that. Again, that part is straight out of the movie. Yeah, okay. So straight you out have that where that's nice enough, and it looks like he is enjoying, you know, family time, things like that. And then in this, you just have Shang-Chi. And I actually like the way that Jin Luan Yang sets that up because you do kind of get angry. Like, is he that enthralled with the story that he doesn't see this? And you end up where he's having a little chips and salsa. And he says, hey, uh, sorry to interrupt, Mom, but, you know, I, I just want to tell you, the salsa has a kick. I mean, it's got the habaneros in it. It should have went more like ghost pepper. I mean, now habanero to me, that's like yesterday's jalapeno. You got to up the ante, right? Peppers, you need yeah. to up it. Before, I remember when people like, Oh my God, jalapenos and we Carolina all, Reaper. Yeah, yeah, really. That's bad. We ended up having a liquid Carolina Reaper deal that we ended up getting at Aldi, and my kids got it straight up to just do challenges where they're going to challenge <laughs> each other. And Logan and Rafe put a just a drop on their finger and licked it. The challenge Ooh. was over. They were laying on the floor <laughs> moaning and groaning. But it is funny because I tell them it, it, again. It's like this concept of everything. When you're a kid, changes up. And I, I was telling him the other day, like, oh, my God, I remember when I thought Judas Priest was like the heaviest thing. It scared the crap out of me as a kid. Oh, my God. You listen to it now. I'm like, kind of is it's like that heavy, music, right? Yeah. It's like pop music now. And then I also said jalapeno peppers when I first heard it. They, they were the Ooh, worst. Exotic. Oh, my God, jalapeno peppers. And what are these jalapenos? I don't understand. But they're not hot at all. They might as well be green peppers now, in my mind. And then you have you know, like you said, the Carolina Reaper. I mean, when they when they give names now, they're not fooling around. You know, they might as well have, like, <laughs> no. this new one is, like, the hottest hell tamale or something. But you end up where he throws the salsa. Ah, uh, you get red dot. Unfortunately, with, with he just can't get things, you know, right with these eyes. It's kind of funny. <laughs> uh, nice little callback. He gets him in his other eye. He says, you know how long it took me to fix this other robot eye? And then, unfortunately, it says, see issue five. That was only two issues ago. It kind of lessened the deal. I'm like, well, you know, whatever. <laughs> but he's like, oh, no, now it's in the That has to hurt. And he says, it really hurts your gut. But I wonder what it's like in the eyes. And he throws it. Well, then you get the big reveal. You get all the bad guys. I mean, this is like, like you said, the roll call. 
I just imagine like when they were up in the rafters, like were they talking a little? Like they had to be quiet. What were they all doing up there? Just sitting, but they just listened to down. the story. Yeah, I guess they liked it. Yeah, and you have the whole deal like, hey, here we are. We're going to take you down. And then that's where Shang-Chi, which we knew we said, but Zilan is there and like, Zilan, why would you do this? Well, because you betrayed the family. This is you you ended up where and thank God. And if it does happen, I will I might slice somebody. But if Sister Dagger Esme ends up being anything but the savior here, because I think she might bust in and start kicking I'm butt because that, I love that her. Zilan, who is so much about family, because she was not connected at all, right? She was the mutant off in yep, she some was the mutant. crazy lake somewhere. So she's only been back with the family for 15 minutes. And that's why I think the play is she's saying that, saying it, but yeah, she has the least connection of all. But maybe she's like, man, you you brother Saber, you had a bit of more connection. You sold him out. Yeah, they they already used him up, so they can't have him. Yeah, so, and and again, like maybe that's what, but she seems like she's just there for the opportunity. It does seem a little bit stretch of saying, you let down your family again. I think that is the setup first off. To see at the end, out of nowhere, you have Grandpa coming in, flying uh, through there, which is crazy. Chief, what is it? Chieftain Zin, who's coming in, uh, your grandfather. But also, we do have Esme somewhere around. I hope that she's there and she can come in and kind of save Shang-Chi, because she's my favorite character in the book. Uh, Pretty much plays off like a Shang-Chi's version of Gabby in the X-23 stuff, and I really think that she's great, so I hope that you see some of that. But yeah, it ends up where it's coming to a head. You at least have the, you know, right up front, we're going to take you down. And I think also the play was where Shang-Chi was trying to make things better and trying to, you know, keep it on the down low with the Avengers getting real pissed off at him and coming after him. The real trouble is within the family, but it doesn't hit as hard, like you said, without, you know, it being somebody real connected to him. But I still like it. I, I like this book. I, I said I'm going to watch the movie this weekend, and I'm sure that I'll like it. A lot of people are saying that it's really, you know, really good. So I'm excited to see that. But with this book, I, I, I don't mind it. I like it. This is a little bit of a down issue just because we stopped to say, hey, everybody, check out this backstory stuff. And, you know, it, I, I it like didn't... that we got the backstory. I thought it, I, I, I enjoyed seeing the parallels and differences with the movie. So for me, that was kind of the fun of seeing what they took and what they changed. I really I like the art style here, I, especially the, the backgrounds, especially in the, the flashbacks where it has a different look than a lot of Marvel books, and I think it it really makes this book kind of stand out as something not in the main not in the main line. And and I hope that maybe when I watch the movie this weekend, that then I'll be like, okay, yeah, I kind of like this a little better. With this though, again, it, it doesn't really. All it's saying is, oh, your your dad kind of liked you, and by the way, my your grandfather really didn't like your dad and wanted me to kill him at one point. Now he might be back. Yeah, and it, it was really quick with oh the dad was a good guy, but then he was a bad guy trying to be a good guy, but then but then we know that as far as we knew he was always a bad guy and he had his five weapon society. So yeah, he flip flopped back and forth a little bit. In the and tent. you know his uncle, I like all these things involved that we've already dealt with a lot of that stuff in this and the past mini that we had with the Shang Chi stuff by Jin Luen Yang. So at the end, what would you give this? Uh, 
I'm at a 7.8. Not not quite all the way up to an 8. I'm at like a stand. 7 seems to be my score this week, but I'm at a 7. I'm at a 7 for this. Again, it's something that I enjoy. All the, the books this week are kind of in the middle, you know? Yeah, there they are. There haven't been any stinkers, but there haven't been any wows either. Yeah, and that's the thing when you go with this. Like, whatever your middle is, that's kind of where they are. I mean, some people will consider, well, it's in the middle, but I think they're all eights, right. but that's your middle. I mean, my middle is usually around a seven to me, and it's weird. It's a 10-point scale, and people say, but five is average. But five, that's not a great score, right? When you give some a five, you're like, ooh. So seven is about what I expect from any particular book each month. You can make it whatever you want it to be as long as you're consistent. I know. You know? But, yeah, seven to me, again, if we go by – not to toot my own horn, as Luke Hollywood says, uh, I have like I have like three thousand reviews, and my actual average of all of those is a seven point three. So that that's around where I am middle deal. But with that, we'll move on to the last book, and the last book is from last week, but it is a bigger one, though I don't hear anybody talking about it, and it was spoiled, but we won't spoil it here. We'll, we'll keep the spoiler away, although it was pretty much announced. What's going on with this? It's the death of Doctor Strange. This is issue number four. I think me and you are the biggest fans of this book, actually. I think me and you really enjoy this book more than anybody I hear talking about it. So that's kind of cool, right? Really, the, the, the most fun is seeing the old-fashioned Doctor Strange interacting with the modern characters and situations. Yeah, he says Zounds again, this issue. But yeah, this is number four. <laughs> it is written by Jed McKay. No, you can't. Art by Lee Garbett. Colors by Antonio Favela and VCs Corey Petit on letters. Doctor Strange is dead and with him gone. So too is Earth's magic barrier that warded off other dimensional threats. The planet is being occupied by kingdoms from across all of reality, but they aren't invading their fling. That includes Clea, Sorcerer from the Purple Dimension and Strange's estranged wife. She has been chased back to Earth by the three mothers, mysterious apex predators hunting magical beings. But even the combined might of the Avengers, Long, Dr. Voodoo, and a time-displaced Dr. Strange weren't enough to defeat them. With Cleo's help, Dr. Strange discovered that Baron Mordo took the missing cloak of levitation, the Eye of Agamotto. Now Dr. Strange and Cleo are at the castle, ready to take them back. And my big thing in this is those three mothers and the bet we really haven't done much with them. They are still in the background. We're going to be concluding this. That is just a device yeah, to make people kind of, run. They're kind of lurking to be some big evil thing in the background, but they're not all that specific. They're kind of generic big evil things. Yeah, that kind of ended up kind of falling flat because what you're really concerned with is who killed Doctor Strange, who took his hands, all these things. That actually plays out in this issue. I mean, you have a big issue in the you know penultimate deal, which I give credit for. A lot of times that penultimate issue doesn't have a lot of hard-hitting things because you're setting up the big finale. But still, the big thing about this is who's going to be the Sorcerer Supreme. That was, again, it was spoiled. But if you want to find out or don't know, whatever, we're, we're, we won't go into it. But there's even hints in here. But you end up where Baron Mordo says, I didn't do it. I, I've been set up and really goes with the idea, listen, what would I do? Steps in right at the end of last issue where they were confronting Baron Mordo. Which, this, it's okay scene, but it, it kind of recaps what we saw in the very first issue, right? Because we had yep. the discussion, oh, it's probably Baron Mordo. And they say, well, it wouldn't be Baron Mordo because if it was him, he would make sure everybody knew it was him. And that's exactly what we get here again. So that's kind of a redo. It is a redo. It sets up that somebody, you know, really goes with the idea of 
it has to be somebody bats is the one I you know that comes up with some things in this as well. But the idea that whoever did mm. this has to have a grudge against Doctor Strange and Mordo has to be somebody who hates them both and wants them both to go down, and that kind of does give you a twist because. Yeah, the people who would hate Doctor Strange, who would it be that would also hate Mordo? And that's, you know, by the end, we kind of see. But I do still like seeing Mordo say, listen, what would I do if I killed you? My dying breath, I'd be gloating and, and laughing at you. Somebody ended up grabbing the cloak in the eye and putting it here. I just discovered it. You know it's true. Doctor, and he's like, yeah, it's true. Let's get out of here. I like that they don't even apologize. They, they bust into the guy's house. Start yelling at him like, we're out of here. <laughs> and even, no, damn you. You, you. you know, so he ends up walking out. They go back. And it's a weird setup here because, again, you end up having Cap call him. Things are going bad. We have all this stuff going down. He he flips out. They have footage of uh, the, the big bad guy consuming Dagoth. Which I thought it was funny that they say they got this from British Naval Intelligence Drone, which was apparently inside Dagoth's castle. So that's a pretty good drone. Yep, yeah. So that was pretty cool. Inside, you know, I know that it was off the coast or whatever, but it, it kind of got in the front door when... Uh, and so with this, though, you end up where... You get the, you get Clea here. They're talking a little. Hey, you're going to be reminded that there are different Sorcerer Supremes for different, uh, you know, of the planes and things like that. That pops up a lot in this you issue. You get Doctor Strange throwing his Avengers card like he's Gambit. Yeah, he, he does. He ends up and then it just lands on the floor. He's like, I guess I'm not Gambit <laughs> yet. Wong picks it up and is like, I'll take this if you're going to be, you know, having a hissy fit here. So he picks it up. And so the next move and the, the thing is, then he sits down like again, that it's me on Sunday watching the Eagles spread Eagle. And she's like, what am I supposed to do here? <laughs> put a little bowl of nachos oh, right yeah, next to Just have that right there. And, you know, have me yelling and screaming at the screen. And basically, again, like the Avengers card, just pretend that's anything near me. I throw it down. Uh, but then Clea comes in and ends up, okay, what are you doing? I love the reactions here from the young <laughs> Doctor Strange. He's so emotional with the throwing things. All the faces are great. Ripping hair out. Now he's like, why me? He's yelling. But the whole deal where, it, you know, I, I thought that I was smart back in the day setting this up. I, I, I'm not doing anything. I don't know what's going on. What has had this could be something in my future. I, I don't know. Kind of unfrozen caveman lawyer situation. Oh, yeah, yeah, it is. And he's so just like, I don't understand. Like, the caveman lawyer, I don't understand your modern ways. But so he's all upset. Well, one thing Clea I do comes know. comes over, gives him a kiss. Yes, one thing I do know. Uh, and says, you thought you were Dr. Strange, Master of Black Arts, and I believe in you because at the moment in time you come from, you still believe you can fix anything. And I like that. She's inspiring him, saying, remember, and it's almost like like the, the late uh, the Dr. Strange that got killed. He's the jaded one who, you know, now we're going back to the beginning. You're the one who is, you know, really kicking it in. So you'll be able to You're figure the core, this out. Yeah. yeah, you'll be able to figure this out. Now, with that, you get what could be the gem of the week because you end up having bats come oh, by. That's what I was get leading up. That was my gem of the week. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's mine too. Uh, is Bats who comes and pretty much is the one who gets everything started again and kind of solves the deal. It says, Hey, uh, I know that 
we don't really, you don't know me, but yeah, you know, I'm Bats. He's like, yeah, I know Bats. Yeah, I always wanted a dog, but I didn't have you enough time. You still smell like the doctor. That's, you know, oh, yeah, yeah. He says you still smell like it and, and ends up saying, no, actually, you didn't get a dog. I got a human. He's like, ah, oh, that would make sense. And it's kind of nice. And Bats is always the gem in, in the Doctor Strange deal, uh, especially lately. And you end up, you want to go for walksies. Kind of clears the head, whatever, and they do go out and they start talking, and that's where Bats is the one. Bats is on the case and says, "This has to be somebody that hates you and Mordo. You would get two, you know, uh, two one bird with two birds with one stone. What am I saying? I almost said that you're going to get two stones with one bird. There's some birds. There's some stones. Why not? I know that you love birds, so that's not a great deal to say, but it does happen here. So you end up where." You know, they figured out, I love when Bats then takes off and tries to get the pigeons. And so, yeah, he gets the inspiration. Bats ends up inspiring. That's it. Okay, okay, let's get. But then has to go with the steel. And I swear, this just ends up, you know, adding some pages to the deal where I got to get it. This is like a, a movie. We have to gather. And they even, he even says it. We have to do it the right way. Gather everybody. And then we'll have this big dramatic deal. Let's go. You go get them. You go get them. I'm like, all right, whatever. And they're going to go into the drawing room, which makes complete sense yeah, in it, this it, it whole deal. It sets it up like your basic Hercule Poirot mystery. Get everybody together. The detective sets out all the facts. And he really, really wants to, you know, make that the, the scene and come in with it. it, it sometimes with these, you want to have that. There's going to be a twist that then the bad guy will, but he does, but it seems like you've already kind of figured out, or he has, because he gathers everybody, all these people from the different realms that have come to Earth. They meet in Antarctica and New Amoria, and, you know, they're going to start talking about what the case might be. And you can go from there, the idea that these people fleeing there's something involved with that you know he's going through all that right so they they use magic from the x-band to kind of transport them so she's hanging around i guess she's going to play a role and so you've got uh mordo and Cassilius there you've got the three surviving extra-dimensional warlord lords there and uh so dr strange lays it out so what's you know what's going to happen here it must have been someone who used the powers of the dead warlords because when they I guess when they did the, the magical autopsy, they found the traces of all these warlords on the corpse. And But you guys would never work together uh, because you hate each other, but it must have been self-preservation. So you knew that these these children and the, the, or the, the child and the mothers were going to come get you, so you needed to escape to Earth. So somehow you needed someone to work with you and take out the Sorcerer Supreme so you could get through the barriers. And it wasn't Mordo. It was somebody who hated Mordo. And they used a pawn, and the only person that could have been was Cassilius. Yeah, Cassilius, who then basically goes, huh? And takes off his gloves, and he's Frankenstein on Doctor Strange's hands. So there is the big that deal. That was neat. I had oh, kind of yeah. forgotten about the whole missing hands bit, but it yeah, comes back it, in a big it way. It was crazy. And I thought, holy crap, like he's all in. I mean, he's got his hands and he basically says, that's it. The game has run its course. All right, we're going to do this. And he hates and, and it ends up, again, I always seem to go back to the DC stuff just to go with it, but it's a Jason Todd Batman deal where he says he got stuck in the purple dimension 
Mordo did not come and get him. He didn't. He just left them there. Never came and saved him. So mm-hmm. he is pissed. He's mad at Mordo for leaving him like that. And he's going to banish him to that so he can see his same pain. But I like that idea to do all of this. He did end up counting on the other, you know, dimensional sorcerers. They needed to get to Earth. And the only way to do that was to break down those barriers, which then also ended up letting in the three mothers and the baby. But like we said earlier, the three mothers, like that ends up being such a side thing that should feel bigger, especially with the cliffhanger of they've they showed up in Antarctica. They feel like a, they're a device. They're not a, they are they're a device. Characters. That's all it is. Just a device. They're just like a nuclear They're bomb. so big, but they are. And so now you have to stop them. And now you end up having a gathering of forces that aren't exactly on the same page. I think the weird thing is, again, magic being there. Like, it seemed like, well, what? Okay, I get it, but she's just there. When all hell breaks loose here, she's pretty tough. And then you have Clea with them, and they, again, mention the idea of them being their own Sorcerer Supremes of their dimensions and things like that, too. Now have to go against the three mothers, the baby, but also Cassilius, who is now revealed to be the guy who did all this and ended up killing Doctor Strange. And when you get to that, it makes sense. I mean, you end up in like, okay, I get it. It makes sense. Uh, it was the big reveal, though, was the hands to me. Like, that was like, holy crap. Like, he's really in. And so I did like it. I, I continue to like this book. We end up having one more tie-in. That's the Bloodstone stuff. We're not really dealing with the tie-ins on the podcast. But we end up also having the death of Doctor Strange number five. And that'll be the big finale coming up. So what was your score on this? I thought this was a, a really fun issue. So I'm, I'm about eight and a half. 8. Yeah, 5. I'm, at, I'm at an 8.5 as well. I actually really liked it. I continue to like this. I think that, again, I think me and you might be some of the biggest fans of this <laughs> whole deal. It really Maybe uh, you're right. There's not a lot of talk about this. Oh, I just. Oh, now you're falling chair. apart. Oh, my oh, God. My chair broke. Holy moly, that hurt. Too many egg rolls. Well, here's the deal. The chair didn't break. This chair was broken. It has a missing wheel, and I was warned about it. It's I just started using it today. Oh my goodness. We'll keep going though. People like people love the to hear me fall on my butt. But yeah, maybe <laughs> it's just the idea. Now I'm just kneeling. And what is your book of the week? My book of the week is actually from last week. It's the Death of Doctor Strange number four. That is mine as well. Holy moly. I am hurting now. Uh, and so with that, we what is your cover of the week? My cover of the week is, I know I'm going to be kind of boring here, but once again, it's the Art Adams cover of Amazing Spider-Man, this time with Doc Ock and, and Spidey. Yeah, mine is going to be the Captain America, the Iron Man Captain America, Alex Ross cover uh, that we were talking about that book on the Patreon. I'm telling you, I, <laughs> I have to check myself out. Of here, but with that, what is our gem of the week? We already said it, right? Gem of the week is bats. Bats is the gem Coast of the week, dog. and we're going to do the gem of the week. It's something that me and Luke do over on the uh, manga show. Spoilers, spoilers, says Luke. But I, I, I like that. I like to find the gems of the week. Not a ton this week, though. Actually, for the first week to do it, but I think bats is the clear winner. Uh, as he usually would be. So. be either, I mean, runner-up would be uh, Captain America over there. In the yeah, he definitely would be because he was, you know, being very nice to Tony, psyching him up and whatnot. But here are the books that we'll be talking about next week. We have, and two of these will be on the Patreon deal, picked by the badasses to get fresh crew. And you end up having Amazing Spider-Man number 85. 
And that is a continuing Cody Ziggler. So that story obviously continues, which it should. Uh, you end up having Daredevil, Woman Without Fear, number one of three. That's pretty cool. Coming Chip Zdarsky there with Raphael De La Tour on art, I see. We have a book that I keep forgetting about, Dark Ages. Dark Ages, four of six. So we'll get back to the Tom Taylor deal, seemingly one of the last, if not the last, Marvel story since he is signed exclusive over there at the D.C., we have Darkhawk 505, the end of that. You ended up messaging me and said, when's that Darkhawk coming up or whatever? And that is when it is. We have Devil's Reign, Reign Superior 4, 1 of 3. And unfortunately, Jason can't hear me, so I'm just going to figure this out real quick. Devil's Reign, Superior 4, 1 of 3. Uh, we'll see if we're going to do that. We haven't done the Doctor Strange, Death of Doctor Strange time, so maybe we will or won't do the Devil's Reign. We'll have to figure that out. Hawkeye Kate Bishop, number three of five, coming up very quickly since number two. I don't know if that's the case, but it is listed on Comixology. Also, Miss Marvel Beyond the Limit, two of five, and The Thing, three of six. So two of those books will be on the Patreon spotlight, picked by the badasses on uh-uh, me and Jason are having a lot of problems technically ending this podcast, especially during that Doctor Strange issue. And then I fell off my chair. So that thing ended up being my technical difficulty. But with that, thanks, everybody, for listening. Please go over to our Twitter at WS Marvel Comics. Also, check out our website, WeirdScienceMarvelComics.com, and then check out our Patreon, Patreon.com slash WeirdScience for a bunch of things, including that weekly spotlight that I talked about this week. We ended up having it being Iron Man, Captain America, and also Thor. So if you want to listen to me and Jason talk about those, go over to the Patreon, check that out. You don't get charged right away. You only be charged if you decide to go to the next month. So you can use the rest of this month of January as pretty much a free trial. Check out what we do. So thanks, everybody. And I will say goodbye for Jason as well. But we will go now and bid you all adieu. Talk to you next week. You are all weirdos. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution.